This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, I'm so excited because I'm talking to somebody in Colorado. Yeah, People always say, where are you from? And I say, well, I live in Atlanta, but I am from Colorado. And until the day I die, I will be from Colorado. So it's always so much fun when I get to talk with somebody from Colorado. And so please join me in welcoming Valerie Morris to our program today. Welcome, Valerie. Thanks so much for having me, Deb. Great. Well, before we jump in, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Valerie Morris is a digital marketing strategist who believes that you can be successful in marketing and have a balance in life. She understands social media growth tactics and how they fit in with other digital marketing disciplines. Valerie founded Tintero Creative, a digital agency based in Colorado. She is active in the digital community in Denver and a speaker at conferences and events. She is also the author of the book, We're All Ears, How to Increase Your Impact, Influence, and Success Online in a Noisy World. When Valerie actually shuts off her devices, she can be found running around with her dogs, doing Pinterest projects, or searching for the best queso this side of the border. So again, Valerie, welcome. Thanks again. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. You know, and we really are going to have so much fun because talking about social media and your digital impressions and things like that is where we started. Um, you know, when I originally started doing the program, it was it almost exclusively focused on social media, on providing tips for people. And then we kind of branched out from there. But it is, so it is, it's kind of my core. It's my baby. It's where I spend my time. It's where <clears throat> people pay me to spend my time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, and, and I think the problem, though, is so many people think they're experts or the other extreme. They think, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so they get very confused. Um, but let's, let's go back a little bit. Um, you know, tell us how it is that this is what you decided was your passion in life. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, you know, I think it's, it's journey, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I actually started off my professional career doing architecture. Right. And um, it, it, social media actually was invented, um, you know, I guess if you consider MySpace the start, that was a little bit before college for me. But Facebook, I remember the day that it came to my college. Wow. I remember the night. Mm-hmm. And it was that shift. We all shifted from using AOL Instant Messenger to mm-hmm. using Facebook mm-hmm. to all be connected and right. to tell each other, hey, we're going to dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, see you there in 15 minutes. Because back then we also didn't have texting mm-hmm. very easily because it was expensive. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember that moment where Facebook kind of became a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I also remember a few years later when Facebook became a thing for the rest of the world. Right. That I feel like was really when people started taking it seriously as a marketing option. Mm-hmm. And by that point, I was out in the real world working, enjoying my career to some extent. Um, but honestly, I was kind of bored. Um you know, my, the, the schooling for architecture is so grueling, so intense. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a lot of left brain, right mm-hmm. brain kind of thinking. And, um, I just realized, you know, Hey, maybe there's something else I could do mm-hmm. with my degree. And so I started looking around for other options and started getting into doing more graphic design. Oh. And, um, that opened up opportunities for me to work at an ad agency mm-hmm. and doing some graphic design stuff, but also, getting my feet wet with social media Mm -hmm. because I was the young person in the office who knew how to do social media. Us us oldsters went, oh. (laughs) Yeah. All these people were like, I don't know. It'll never catch on. Exactly. Yes. It's (laughs) funny. I remember people saying that. Um, But I, you know, so I ended up having the opportunity to work on some really cool projects 
really big things that normally I probably would have had to wait another Mm -hmm. eight, 10 years to have the opportunity to work on stuff of that scale. Mm -hmm. But that really opened up the opportunity for me to get some real hands-on experience working with some larger retail clients, Mm -hmm. um, some bigger brands, some luxury brands, and get some, get a taste for what was actually going on. And, Mm -hmm. And it's been fun because it's, it's, it's always evolving. Social okay. media changes daily. And right. so um, I've been able to grow and actually branch out and start my own business mm-hmm. doing social media management and social media consulting um, and be able to grow as it's growing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's kind of a strange thing to be doing something for a living that did not exist. You know, I could not get a degree in social media. You can now. So it's just kind of a strange concept, a strange world to be living in mm-hmm. um, where that's that was the case. Um, but looking back, like, I, I remember as a little girl thinking how fun it would be to be able to make magazines for a living. Mm-hmm. I remember pouring through magazines as a kid mm-hmm. and just thinking this would be really fun. And so I feel like I get to do that now with all my clients, mm-hmm. uh, social media profiles. I get to curate these little digital pieces of a magazine every day for them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it, it, it is something that is continually evolving. Um, you know, you mentioned the word MySpace. Um, I think it, I think MySpace actually still does exist. It does. Um, but it's, it's very, very niche. Um, you know, the people who use it are, are very specific, um, you know, and, and then of course we have all the different platforms for the various demographics. Um, you know, I saw something the other day that millennials really have said, now nah, we're not using Facebook anymore. And if that's your audience, okay, then you need to figure out where you need to be. Um, you know, I, I have a, a school here in uh, Atlanta that wants me to come talk to, and his high schoolers, talk to them about LinkedIn. Because they know how important it is as a high schooler to start developing your connections, um, you know, and, and all of these various things. And so it, it is something that is continually evolving. But as I mentioned at the start, so many people are just completely terrified of it, you know, or they think people are only posting about <clears throat> politics, <laughs> right? Yes. Or, you know, <clears throat> things that, you know, they, they don't really care about. Or more importantly, you know, not business related. And so what do you tell someone who comes to you and and says, hey, Valerie, you know, okay, we got this small business. We've got these great products that we sell. And somebody told us we need to be on social media, but it's a waste of time. How do you convince them that it really is something very beneficial? Well, you know, from my experience, one thing I've learned is that you really, um, it's very hard to convince people Mm -hmm. that social media that is time. Yeah. Um, because the best clients are already bought into mm-hmm. the value there. Right. Um, but what I will say is that a lot of people think about social media as only their business profiles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people disregard the power of the personal, you know, personal profile with right. your face mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I've gotten more uh, more leverage out of my personal LinkedIn profile and my personal Facebook profile from a business standpoint than I probably ever have from my business profiles. Right. And um, the granted, the business profiles give me opportunities to do advertising and do all sorts of other things mm-hmm. that I can't do on a personal profile. But I, you know, being a referral based business, I get a lot of interaction on those personal profiles. Right. And so it's funny because, you know, as you think about the next political season kind of bubbling back up again, it's very tempting to say, I'm just going off of it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, right. I can't be on here. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I get so much, um, so much out of being active on there. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's more of figuring out how do I be strategic during that right. political season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for people, I think it's, it's helping them understand that social media is more about the relationship mm-hmm. that you are bringing and building with people, not so much as a transactional kind of thing. If you want to throw a ton of money at ads, it can be like that, mm-hmm. but the, the biggest power comes from relationships. Right. And sometimes you can convince people and, and teach them that. And sometimes you can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's funny, I have a client right now who was kind of dragged, kicking and screaming into the, the, you know, doing social media. 
And, you know, and he's like, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And, and then he came to me and he said, my wife tells me this is really, really good. And, and, and he's like, okay, since my wife said to do it and, you know, and, and so because of that, he, he bought into it and, and he did see the value, but yeah, until then, until she said, you need to be doing this. He was like, no. Um, and, and it can be a waste of time, especially from, you know, the, the, the person who's posting, because we do get lost in the, you know, the squirrel, you know, and, you know, I had people sending me videos today and I was reading this article and looking at that meme and all these various things. And, and so it can be a huge waste of time, yeah. but it, that's where you just have to be disciplined. Um, yeah. You know, I tell people, it's like, okay, are you the person who used to walk around the office and have to chit chat with everybody in the office? Or you spent more time at the coffee maker than actually doing your work. I mean, you know, you can be distracted by anything. And, and so it's just a matter of not letting yourself get that way. Yeah. Well, and thinking about it as a tool mm-hmm. versus just something that you're mindlessly using. Right. Because uh, there's a lot of amazing wealth mm-hmm. in these social media platforms, even if you never post. Right. Even if you're just lurking mm-hmm. and observing, you can get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You can see what's trending. You can see what people care about, what they're talking about. Um, you know, and, and then obviously you if you have a product or a service, then that's where you can nicely jump in and say, hmm, by the way, you know, it's not the buy for me now type of, of things, but exactly. you know, it, it is, it's a great way to be able to, to track what's going on in the world. Yeah. You know, that, that example of what you said of just nicely chiming mm-hmm. in, um, I'm seeing a lot of people do that on Nextdoor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you use Nextdoor. Yeah. Yep. We do. You know, especially mm-hmm. local businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to chime in when people have a specific question, they're, right. they, they, they post because they're looking for a specific type of business. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying attention, you can chime in and say, oh yeah, here, you should right. check out my website. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to be salesy about it, but you have to be willing and, and paying attention and alert to be able to take advantage right. of those opportunities. Right. Well, and you know, it, we were taught as marketers, you know, that, that we need to f- solve someone's pain. And so Nextdoor is, is a great place, as you said, because somebody is saying, I need a painter, I need a plumber, I need this, I need that. So they're not turned off when you say, hey, I'm a plumber. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. Um, you know, you don't want to go way overboard with, you know, printing half of your brochure there. But, you know, you can say, hey, we specialize in small homes or, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, we like to, to do um, this type of project or that type of project. And, and just, you know, kind of the soft sell type of thing. But, yeah, they asked for it. So it's okay to, to say. Hey. And, you know, same thing with recommending somebody. You know, hey, we used this plumber. We used whoever. Um, because the, and, and that, I think, really is one of the big benefits to Nextdoor if you're that type of service provider. Um, yes. You know, and, and they're looking for things like that. You know, I don't see them saying, hey. Now, I do see, you know, looking for a dentist. That tends, but not a lot of doctors. So I don't know what the difference there is. Um, but yeah, they tend to be looking for services. And so yeah. if you're a service provider, you definitely should be on next door monitoring what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's so many different places as well outside mm-hmm. of next door, but right. you know, it's, you don't have to be coming up with tons of original content mm-hmm. to be able to take advantage of opportunities like that. Right. It just takes a little bit of time to go on and, mm-hmm. You know, set that timer, mm-hmm. say, all right, I'm going to surf for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. see what's going on in my neighborhood, what's mm-hmm. going on in my network, mm-hmm. so that I, I can take advantage of those opportunities. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, I tell people timer, you know, I, and because they do, they say, you know, we, we get, you know, we get so sidetracked and I tell them, yeah, set a timer or you know, like people say, you know, when are you on LinkedIn? Well, I'm on LinkedIn while I'm having breakfast. So however long it takes me to eat my breakfast at my desk is how long I'm spending on LinkedIn. Um, you know, and, and, and of course, LinkedIn, it's harder to get truly sidetracked. You know, if I'm reading an article, it's probably a, a business article that's good for me to read. But yeah, you know, it's, it's set that timer and then be rigid about it. Um, you know, you can go back later in the evening and check and see what everybody posted during the day. But, you know, when you're trying to do business, do business. Yes. Yes. I had a friend who, um, she was in the mortgage industry, worked a lot with real estate mm-hmm. agents. Mm-hmm. 
And um, she would set timers to spend five minutes in the morning and five minutes at the end of her day Mm -hmm. just to interact with her agents Mm -hmm. hosts. And she would use the friends list on Facebook Mm -hmm. and she made a list of just her real estate Mm -hmm. contacts that she wanted to nurture. And so then she just surfed through their content. Mm -hmm. It wasn't everything, Mm -hmm. but she would set that timer for five minutes Mm -hmm. Beginning and end. That's right. how she would start and end her day. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because that's that's a pretty good rhythm for people to feel like, yep. wow, she's active, mm-hmm. but you know, she's not on all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So there's there's plenty of ways you can be strategic about right. it. Right. Yeah, you mentioned being on all the time. That's one of the drawbacks too. You know, if if you're on all the time, so liking, commenting, sharing, do whatever the heck you're doing, other people are going, aren't you supposed to be working? (laughs) And, and even if you're someone like you or I, who that is our job, we still have to watch that. Um, You know, I had somebody just, just a couple of days ago that said, I'm going to call you at X time. And I responded and I said, no, that's, that's not a good time. And they said, well, you're always on Facebook then. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I've never had anyone say, oh, I I know you're on at this time of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and of course mine's on, but I might not be, I might not be on. I mean, you know, and, and, um, you know, and and so I watch that now. It's like, oh, you know, I might want to not be there. And same thing with if I don't want them contacting me, if I don't want a client contacting me in the evening. Uh Uh-huh then I might not be on because yeah. you know, I am friends with, you know, some of my clients yeah. and that's definitely one of those things that's up for debate. You know, it's, it's very much a personal choice, but you know, I don't want them seeing that I'm on and posting and thinking, Oh, I can send Deb something to post. Um, now, you know, typically what I do with my clients is if they send me something before 9 PM, I will probably post it. If yeah. it's after that, probably not. And, you know, weekends are kind of hit or miss, but you know, again, that's your own personal preferences, but yeah, you know, people, people do watch and see when you're on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't really, hadn't really thought about that piece. It's, it's interesting because you're probably very similar. You've got people that you're friends with in all different time mm-hmm. zones. Yep. Oh yeah. And but about half the people I work with are on East Coast time. So mm-hmm. me being in Colorado, they're two hours ahead, mm-hmm. which works out pretty well for the evening times. Right. Um, because, you know, they're, they're already ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to wind down. And, um, but I've never really thought about people kind of mm-hmm. watching what time I'm on. Mm-hmm. So I'll have, to, I'll have to start paying attention to that now. <laughs> Well, and, you know, and, and this is just, you know, a personal aside, I, sure. I set expectations for my clients. I tell them, you know, typically I work between X and X, um, you know, and, and, and I say, you know, any time other than that, I might not be available. And I just leave it kind of general like that. But, you know, and, and that is something it's, you know, that, that I've talked about on other programs with people who have their own, especially a home-based business is we have to set those. Yes boundaries, <laughs> yes. Maybe the, you know, to, to tell our clients, you know what, I might respond to you at 10 PM on a Saturday night, but if it's something big, it's probably going to cost you more. Right. Um, you know, because, it, and, and if it could wait till Monday morning, let's have it wait till Monday morning. Well, and this is a recent feature in the past. I used boomerang, mm-hmm. but recently, I don't know if you use Gmail, but they, they added the feature where you can schedule emails. Mm-hmm. Have you played around with that at all? Oh, I love being able to schedule emails. Mm-hmm. So, Especially like when you said we're in all these different time zones. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually, when, when people, sometimes I'll be working in the evening mm-hmm. or on a weekend, um, but I will schedule the email to go out the mm-hmm. next morning first mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That way they know, even though they sent me something in right. the evening and I looked at it right away. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily know if I'm looking at it mm-hmm. and responding right. to it right away mm-hmm. or waiting mm-hmm. until the next morning. Right. Um, so I, I've started using that a ton now that um, it's just so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was oh, huge yeah. for me on vacation mm-hmm. too. I recently mm-hmm. went on a trip and I was a few hours ahead mm-hmm. of most people. Ah. So I was able to work mm-hmm. and schedule things to make it look yep. like I was working mm-hmm. on a normal day. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes people feel a little awkward if you're out mm-hmm. on vacation for too right. long or mm-hmm. longer than they might take or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was a super, mm-hmm. super great tool uh, to be able to use. I mm-hmm. wish 
there were more tools like that on social right. media. Right. But <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and 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 the nice thing is you got it done and off your plate. You know, other and and you know, I'm I'm one of these I have to mark it as unread. And that's the only way sometimes I remember to go back and do it. But you know, I got it done, I got it taken care of, and then I don't have to worry about remembering it, you know, the next day or or on Monday. Yep. So cool. Oh, well, that mental load. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and obviously, you know, it, it depends on what you're doing, what your clients are, you know, what your product is, all those various things. But yeah, there's so many tools that are out there as a small business owner. And that, that's one of the cool things about, you know, what, what I, when I get to talk to people on my program is finding all of these really fun things out, um, you know, and, and because we can't, it's just like with social media, we can't know them all no. um, and because there's just far too many. Yeah. I, I love it when I'm meeting with new people or meeting with clients and they're like, oh yeah, you've heard of, you use such and such and they'll mention some marketing tool and I'm like, no, I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Because there's new ones every single right. day. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to keep mm-hmm. up with. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, or I'm, I'm part of a mastermind group and they'll be talking about some of the, the, the things that they use. And, I'm, and as they're talking about it, I'm Googling it. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and yeah, there've been times where I thought, Ooh, must check into that. And, and other times I'm like, yeah, yeah, not so much. Yeah, um, not worth it for me. yeah. Well, and in a lot of ways, I'm still kind of old school, you know, I, I just want to go in, I want to do it and, and be done with it and, sure. you know, not have to worry about, okay, now am I planning this three weeks in advance and, you know, all those various things. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so, okay, let's get back to talking. <laughs> this is fun. I love conversations like this. Oh, good. <laughs> I love reading your book. Hold your book up, hold your book up. So it's called We're All Ears, How to Increase Your Impact, Influence, and Success Online in a Noisy World. Oh, I love the picture. See, I have a, di- I have the, I have a digital version that, that Valerie sent me, and so I didn't have that. Um, but listening really is absolutely key to being successful, especially, you know, when you're using social media. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, why, why is listening so important? Well, you know, listening is important because it, it's one of those ways where you really show people that you value and respect mm-hmm. their perspective or their, where they're coming from. And as a marketer, it's super important to be listening. And that's where kind of some of that like lurking on social media, Mm -hmm. not necessarily posting, but paying attention to what's going on is going to give you some really big keys Mm -hmm. and clues as to where you should be focusing your attention. So if you're paying attention to what your ideal customer is wanting and what their Mm -hmm. pain points are, and your product or service can address that pain point, it really opens up the door for you to be able to really meet that need directly. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't pay attention to what our audience is actually right. needing. Because and, I know what they need. Right? But you know, I mean, the more we can listen and pay attention, the more effective we're going to be with our marketing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to connect better because our audience and our potential customers are going to feel like we are meeting their needs specifically. Mm -hmm. We're not just kind of sort of meeting their needs, but we're actually, you know, solving a specific problem and they feel like they got that personalized Mm -hmm. attention. And, you know, sometimes any of those opportunities where you can put that personal touch into things Mm -hmm. really helps it go the extra mile. Right. And so, I don't know, I think listening is one of the the most underutilized tools Mm -hmm. within social media. Um, because a lot of times we feel this urgency to get our message out. Right. But if we're paying attention and listening, honestly, it, it opens up the door for us to, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to feel the pressure to be posting constantly. Right. We don't have to be yelling our message out to the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit more of a relaxed approach, but mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit more effective. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the, the push versus pull is, is always so interesting. And, um, you know, and, and, of course, with with listening, we're also talking about reading, um, and and I say that because I just am amazed at at, at especially LinkedIn when I connect with somebody and bam, I get their whole sales brochure, and you know it's like okay, first of all, we have no relationship, so so why am I going to buy anything from you? You know, I, I don't care what it is you're selling, I'm not going to spend my money with you because I don't know who you are, and 
you know, and, and so they've obviously skipped numerous steps there. But I, what I really get a big kick out of are the people who are going to, to tell me how to do social media. Uh-huh. I'm like, and, and I've been known to respond and say, maybe you should go back and read my profile again. Exactly. And, you know, because clearly you didn't. And, you know, and, and then on occasion, I've had a couple apologize. I've had one that just sent me the same information twice. You know, I, I responded and, and, and so she probably had things automated. Yeah, clearly. Um, and, uh, but, and then, you know, and then I've had others that are like, uh, what? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. You're trying to sell me what I do. Right. <laughs> They're not paying attention at all. Right. Right. You know, and, and so that's where it is so important. You know, if you're connecting with somebody and, and whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, you know, any of the other platforms, read a little bit about them, um, you know, and, and especially on LinkedIn folks. I mean, you know, the, the worst thing is to try and sell somebody something that they do <laughs> you know, that they, and so they have no need for it. Um, you know, it's just, it's an insult. Yeah. Well, and that's actually, because I feel like a growing problem right now mm-hmm. because there are so many tools out there to mm-hmm. automate some right. of that messaging on mm-hmm. LinkedIn and the connection mm-hmm. uh, requests on LinkedIn. It, it's one of those things that I'm not sure, I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, I mean, there's something that to me feels icky about mm-hmm. it. And it's hard because now that so many people have been abusing that, mm-hmm. people who are making legitimate emails or mm-hmm. message responses. Right. You don't even read them. You don't even read them. And so it's how do you how do you cut through the noise and you know, how do you really use it authentically? Because right. I don't know about you, but it, I mean it sounds like we're probably in the same spot, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel very numb mm-hmm. to a lot of those right. those messages that mm-hmm. come through. Right. I read like maybe the first sentence. Yes. And you know, and 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 if it's very clear that it's trying to sell me something from somebody I have no knowledge of. I, I don't even read their message and I don't even respond, right. um, you know, and, and, but, and, and you mentioned automating it, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's good and bad or having someone else do it for you. Um, you yeah. know, to me, and, and you talk about this in your book, it is all about being authentic when, when we're selling ourselves, you know, when we're wanting to work with somebody as ourself, you know, it's, it's very important that we're authentic. Um, I had uh, sent a friend request to somebody one time on LinkedIn or accepted one. And, and it was somebody I had known and worked with for many years. And so, you know, got the connection made and bam, immediately got a response from them that was introducing themselves. And it was so clear that, you know, and, and, and I was insulted, you know, and, and so rather than responding in LinkedIn, I responded in just with a regular email. And I said, you know, I have to tell you, I, you know, I, I was insulted by the response that I got from you on LinkedIn. You and I have been friends for over 20 years. And the fact that you didn't even bother to see who it was, I said, that was just insulting. I said, you know, and, and to get the, the, you know, the response that I did, you know, no. And she responded and she said, I'm terribly sorry. I apologize. My VA does all of my LinkedIn. And so, of course, she had no idea that, that, that you know, we knew each other. And, and I, you know, and, and I mean, it's just, it really was something that, like you, like you said, it was icky. I mean, I looked at that and I went, no. Um, you know, and, and even if we hadn't known each other, there was still just something icky about it. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, if, if LinkedIn messaging is, if there's still a real positive way to do it. Mm-hmm. For that initial, you know, hey, thanks again for connecting without sounding Mm -hmm. like you're a Mm -hmm. bot or a virtual assistant. Um, It's, it's, it's a struggle for me because I do come, um, come at things from this desire for authenticity Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's because that's becoming a growing challenge Mm -hmm. as I'm, you know, consulting with clients who really want Mm -hmm. to be doing something Mm -hmm. proactive. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a little bit of a, I don't know, sandpaper issue where it like is. I'm rubbing up yeah. against something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to do with it mm-hmm. just quite yet. Well, and I especially recommend LinkedIn for, you know, b- small business owners and entrepreneurs and, and C-level folks oh, totally. as a great way to make those connections. Um, you know, and, and you're right. When, when I respond to somebody now, it, it, you know, if they just send me a request to connect, if it looks like it's good, okay, I connect. But if they sent me a message, 
you know, hi, I see that we have numerous people, you know, in, in, you know, then I'll usually respond and I'll say, you know, use their name. So that way they at least knew I've read that part. Um, but then I'll say, you know, thanks for reaching out. I'm happy to connect. Let me know if there's any way I can be of assistance to you. That's all I say. And it is so funny to see the responses I get because, you know, frequently that has opened up the, gee, I'm going to try and sell you something. Um, you know, I had one person and it was really funny. He said, well, since you asked, <laughs> and then he tried to sell me something, um, but you know, it was, so he'd at least read the message, but yeah, it is one of those weird things where, you know, you, and, and I feel if they took the time to send me a message, I should respond. Yes. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, and, but yeah, the, the second they hit me with, Hey, I'm going to sell you something. I'm done. Um, you know, I typically don't even respond or I might say, I'm sorry, I'm not interested at this time. Um, you know, and, and, but, and it's funny, I've got a guy right now who every other day is, have you had a chance to read it? Have you had a chance to read it? Yeah. And, and he's not kidding the fact that if I haven't responded the prior six times, I'm probably not going to respond the seventh time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I've started doing, um, which takes extra time. And so I think one, I think it's one way to cut through some of this clutter that's Mm -hmm. building on LinkedIn. Um, but it definitely takes more effort for sure. Um, is starting to use different tools like loom or Mm -hmm. different things like that to make a quick personalized hello Mm -hmm. video Ah, mm -hmm. and sending the loom link Mm -hmm. in a LinkedIn message. Mm -hmm. And those are fun because you can usually track like the open rates mm-hmm. and see who, you know, if your video has been viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a slightly different way to use the LinkedIn message mm-hmm. box um, without being as spammy, I guess, mm-hmm. with all of the right. tech that's happening mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and we're, we're the, the key thing that we're talking about here is, you know, you and you really talk about this in your book, and it is about being authentic. Yeah. Um, you know, the second we try and copy somebody else, that's not going to work, um, you know, and, and or more importantly, the second we try to be somebody we're not. And, and that's hard because, you know, there are people who, you know, we, we mentioned politics. There are some people who, for them, it's very important that they have their political views out there whatever they are. And, you know, and, and so I tell people, okay, that's fine. But realize that you could be alienating half, basically half of the people you're connected with. And so if you're fine with that, that that's cool. But, you know, and, and, and I have had people who have said, well, you never comment on things like, like that. And I'll say no. And I, and I won't, um, you know, I can count on one finger, (laughs) probably the, the number of times I've responded to a political post. Um, you know, and, and I mean, some other times with, with some other things, but yeah, I'm very, very careful about how I go about that. Sure. And, but it, I mean, you know, it, it, it does, it comes back to being authentic. I mean, if you are ex political party and that's really what you care about, okay, that's fine to post about it. As long as you know that it could cost you future business. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important for people to realize that people are always paying attention. Right. And I try to be strategic about the things that I post about that mm-hmm. have nothing to do with my business mm-hmm. um, and balancing that so that, you know, I'm not just this robot that's talking right. about business 24 mm-hmm. seven, because I know that friends and family, you know, it's not politics, but it's also something that not everyone cares about. Not right. everyone is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not everyone cares about marketing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so we might want to see a picture of you hiking in the Colorado mountains. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, uh, I think it was what, I think it was about four years ago. Gosh, it's been that long. Four years ago, we got these crazy looking goats. And you talk about the goats in your book. I talk I want to see about pictures of these goats. <laughs> you want to see a picture? Let me see. I want to see pictures of these goats. Well, I have one favorited on my phone. I'm, I'll pull it up here and, and show it on the camera. So if you're watching the video, you can see it. But it's um, these goats. They have, they grow white curly hair (laughs) and it's like having an alpaca. Uh We, um, we shear them Mm -hmm. and we sell the fiber. And because of that, we have an agricultural, uh, property or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we get money for taxes Mm -hmm. and we're farmers. Mm -hmm. Um, but posting farmers, (laughs) you're gentlemen farmers. (laughs) 
want to be farmers. <laughs> um, but we, so we have these goats and so I'll post stuff like, like the goats or hiking or house mm-hmm. projects or things like that mm-hmm. because I know that not everyone cares about my business. Right. And so it, politics obviously are a very polarizing thing, but sometimes people get so obsessed with their one thing mm-hmm. that they also alienate people. Right. I've seen people do this with mm-hmm. their kids mm-hmm. posting way too many pictures right. of their mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people do this with their business. I've seen mm-hmm. people do this with their MLM business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different things that you just need to think through, you know, is what I'm posting balanced mm-hmm. or am I kind of pushing certain people away because I'm, I'm posting too much about one thing. Right. Right. You know, and I mean, obviously, especially on Facebook, people are there for a, a reason. You know, they yeah. might, and so they might only be posting about a certain thing. You know, um, we show dogs, we show beagles. And so I'm connected with a lot of people on Facebook that also show dogs. And that might be the only thing they ever post about. And so it's really fun when we get together and I realize, oh my gosh, that person's a doctor or, you know, or, you know because they never talk about it because that's, that's how they're using the platform. Exactly. But, you know, but from me, they see, okay, I'm rooting for the, the University of Colorado Buffaloes. Um, you know, I'm probably not going to hike. <laughs> you know, I, I might post a recipe now and then, you know, I, I obviously post about the, the radio programs and things like that. But so I try and, and mix it up. But in doing that, then people, you know, they might only be following me because of the dog show world. Right. But then all of a sudden they say, you know what? I need to update my LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. And I remember that Deb has been posting about that. And yeah. so that's kind of where that comes back together. Exactly. Yeah. You're planting seeds every time you post something, regardless of what platform it's mm-hmm. on. And, you know, you don't have to overtly say, you know, I have three LinkedIn sessions available right. this month. You can just share a recent win from a client that you were, you know, helped their profile with, Mm -hmm. but yet they're paying attention Mm -hmm. because they see the Beagle stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they're willing to, you know, see the other stuff related to the business and the radio show and things like that because they care about the Beagles, Mm -hmm. but then you open up the door for them to see Mm -hmm. all of the other stuff. So yeah, it's, it's all about balance. Mm -hmm. And like you, like you said, stay true to who you are. You know, if we can stay true to who we are, honestly, we're going to attract the right people and we're going to repel right. the people that are not right for us. Right. You know, and, and I love that. And, and you talk about that in your book. I think it's very important to repel the people that just aren't a good fit, um, whether it's personally, whether it's professionally, because we don't want to, we don't want to waste our time either way. I mean, you know, I, it's, you know, it's, it's like when we walk into a store and you really weren't interested in buying anything, but they're going to come and pester you to death, right? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? Well, then you're just annoyed and you want to leave. Um, you know, and, and, but you know, it's, if, if I had, you know, if they had said, can I help you? And then I'm really just browsing. If they'd gone away, that would have been perfect. Um, because then I could call them back. If, if and when I was interested. And, and the same thing happens with, with social media. I mean, you know, if we repel the people who aren't a good fit right then, that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I, the other day, somebody was posting and they said, I said, so-and-so unfriended me. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, it's, it's or you're saying, that I, I always like the people who keep track on their, their e-newsletters. As to who unsubscribes, unsubscribe. You know, Don't it just means it wasn't a good fit for them. So why bother sending it to them and pestering them with your message if it's not what they care about right then? Yeah, and that's where you know a lot of times people they get so obsessed with the vanity metrics mm-hmm. of I have X amount of followers, right. or you know I have X amount of people on my email subscriber list. Mm-hmm. But if ninety percent of them don't care about your right. business, then it's worthless. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually downgrading your potential reach by, you know, you've diluted it with all these people that don't care. Right. I had a, I had a client who went out and bought a ton of Facebook likes. Mm. Page. Danger, were, danger. Right? <laughs> Not do that. Yeah. Um, went out and bought and they were all, I mean, I, I, within a 24 hour period, they didn't even tell me this was happening. I just saw it happening and I mm-hmm. was like, oh no, this is the yes. end. I can't work with oh, them yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and their reach actually went down. Right. 
because it's a ton of fake accounts. Mm -hmm. And so Facebook started seeing that, hey, no one's really engaging with these posts. Why would we show it to the people that are real accounts? Mm -hmm. And so they actually, I mean, they pretty much ruined their their Facebook page by buying all these fake likes. Um, and so, and people don't really like to talk about it, but Mm -hmm. they, they really, they want those numbers fast Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that, you know, sometimes quality is better than quantity. Right. Right. I mean, it it goes back to this, this is probably before you even were doing this when, when we'd have websites and it would say number of visitors and it was, you know, this kind of running tally. And so people were like, oh my gosh, 10,000 people have been to my page in the last five days. Well, I mean, what people really didn't understand is you can you could set that number to start at a really high number, you know, and, and all of these. So, I mean, there are ways to game the system. And so, same thing with, you know, buying followers, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, don't waste your time with that, um, you know, and it's hard, especially when you're a new business and you're thinking, but I only have 10 people who like my page. Uh, you know, okay, but if they're the right 10 people, they'll be your evangelists. They'll be your tribe. And yeah. they'll start telling their friends and then it spreads by word of mouth and you get great followers as opposed to hide, hide, hide. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had an author who was brand new, launched his first book this spring and we launched his Facebook page alongside his book launch. Mm-hmm. So he had a brand new, like clean slate. Didn't I think he, when we started the launch day, he maybe had 10 followers. Mm-hmm. Now he's up to a few hundred, but in that one day, he reached over 6,000 people with two posts on Facebook, mm-hmm. all because of that snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And these were really people who were hyper right. attentive mm-hmm. to what he was putting out mm-hmm. there in the world. And they were sharing it and engaging with it like crazy. And it just, it caught on. And mm-hmm. so to grow his page for that initial, you know, foundational followers was very easy to do. Right. Um, and it's all if you've got engaged people. Right. You know, and, and that brings me to, you know, an, another topic that you talk a lot about, and that's being an influencer, being that authority. And, and I love that concept because, you know, the other thing that so many people just tend to do is post, 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 <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's great. I mean, in many cases that works, but when you're the person, you know, the, the, either it's, you know, the, you're the head of your business, you're the face of your business. You know, to me, it is very important to be an influencer and to be an authority. So tell us, what what is an influencer? Well, so influencer, influencer marketing or the term influencer has been thrown around a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people think of bloggers or mm-hmm. really famous people. Who right. get a- Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian <laughs> um, being an influencer. Um, but honestly, the reality is that if anyone in your sphere of influence has made a buying decision or has made a lifestyle decision or, you know, has taken your advice in any way, you are influencing them. Right. When you start to view yourself as someone who has power to shape people's opinions and buying decisions, you realize that, you know, everything that you do has the potential to influence mm-hmm. people. So really, I think anyone can be an influencer, but people who take it seriously are paying attention to, okay, am I posting things on uh, social media that are turning people away? Or what am I posting and what value is someone mm-hmm. getting from this? Right. Um, you know, What am I doing here that's going to help bring value to their life? And then by as a result, you know, by providing value to them, I've earned the right to be heard by them. I've earned their trust. Mm-hmm. Then when I tell them, hey, you should go do this program or you should buy this book or this is a must-see movie, they're going to trust you. Right. Hands down. They're not mm-hmm. even going to question it. They're going to say, oh, Valerie said I should read this mm-hmm. book. I'm going to go buy it on Amazon right now. Right. Yeah, and I think the problem is that because of the celebrities, uh-huh. influencers have gotten a bad name. Um, yes. You know, when, when we hear that, you know, a 16-year-old has two and a half million YouTube followers to watch her put on makeup, you know, and she's an influencer, then you think, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, 
it's, you know, she's 16 years old. What else is she going to do? You know, and, and of course, 16 year old girls tell each other, oh, you have to watch this. Um, but, or, you know, I mean, we kind of jokingly said Kim Kardashian. Well, I mean, you know, she has built her business on doing that. Yep. But, you know, if it, it, for many people, if they influence 10 people, that's going to be successful for them. And, and so I think we need to kind of dial it back a bit and think, you know, and, and be realistic is maybe the thing, you know, I, I don't want to have two and a half million followers on YouTube. You know, I'm happy with what I have because they're the yeah. right people. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, you really want to think through, do you really want that kind of fame? Mm -hmm. If you had two and a half million people following you on YouTube mm -hmm. and you walk through the airport in Atlanta, could right. you walk through the airport right. without mm -hmm. being mobbed by mm -hmm. people wanting mm -hmm. an autograph or a selfie mm -hmm. with you? You know, so it's, it's, there's a catch 22 of in, being famous. Isn't necessarily right. always a great mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if, I mean, if that's what you want, go for it. Right. Someone yeah. like me, it's not my cup of tea. I, and those are the people who are licking the ice cream and I mean, all those things, um, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, we've mentioned quantity and quality. I mean, there was a story last week about an influencer and she was a teenager who has, you know, one and a half million fans or, or whatever it is. And she came out with her own t-shirt line and she couldn't sell 20 t-shirts. Yes. You know, she had she has these millions of followers. And so clearly the millions of followers either A aren't paying attention, which is yeah. probably the the biggest thing. Right. Yeah, or you know, they looked at it and went, Ugh. you know, I I don't want that. That's not my style, that's not whatever. You too much price. You know, whatever it was, you know, so so she really wasn't an influencer. She was right. just somebody who had, you know, a platform that that wasn't using it in in the best way. Well, and I think it's important too to realize that there's probably some influencers out there who don't have a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. They don't have millions of followers on Instagram, mm -hmm. but they have a huge email list right. that is engaged. Mm -hmm. They have people that are subscribed on a messenger bot. Mm -hmm. And some of those numbers aren't necessarily public, right? but they're very valuable. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone is has stayed on your email list for mm -hmm. a long period of time and is actually clicking on stuff in it... Mm -hmm they're pretty engaged with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it's important to realize that when, when you're talking to brands, you're considering partnerships, mm -hmm. sometimes those, those public numbers don't tell the full story. Right. Yeah. And so looking at them, you know, it's like, and, and that's where it's interesting because of course the people who get those huge numbers then get people who are paying them. You know, makeup is, is probably one of the, you know, makeup and fashion. You know, sure. you, you have somebody who is paying, you know, the 16-year-old girl to, to, you know, be showing all of those things or, or whatever. Well, then it doesn't become authentic. You know, I'm sorry, if I'm paid to promote your, your whatever, that, you know, I might not like it. I might think it's the worst product or service in the world, but I'm going to say I love it because, hello, I'm being paid for it. Um, that's why celebrity spokespeople always bother me. You know, I look at them and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't think Matthew McConaughey drives a Lincoln. Now, he might. I mean, Lincoln's a, you know, fairly upscale yeah, car. That's a really but, good example. <laughs> yeah. Or Jennifer Aniston. You know, I'm really sorry, but I doubt that she buys her, her you know, her makeup at, at you know, the corner drugstore. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think where, I mean, that's where influencers started was mm -hmm. it was just everyday people right. that started building up this mm -hmm. following and you, you tend to trust them a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I think one of the distinguishers mm -hmm. between spokespeople and influencers. And mm -hmm. one of the positives about influencers is in today's digital world, we really do have the opportunity to build a following mm -hmm. based around people that have that authentic built like they built it themselves mm -hmm. kind of brand right. so it, it's kind of a new thing in in the world of advertising when you look mm -hmm. at the history of advertising right yeah yeah because you know in, in the history of advertising we did you know we really the spokespeople were were really the big thing i mean you know you hired the celebrity the sports figure you know the, the whoever it was to talk about your product and and then it kind of evolved to to not and you know and, and now it's coming back to that but <coughs> you know it's it, it Again, it, it's like you said, it's got to be authentic. I mean, if I don't think that person read that book, used that product, you know, did whatever, doesn't matter what they say to me, um, yeah. you know, and, and again, that's even if it's just on next door, you know, if, if somebody posts and says, hey, I'm looking for a plumber, if I respond and it's clear that, you know, I didn't really use that plumber, but I knew their name and I'm like, oh, whatever, um, you know, and, and, but the really funny thing that goes along with this is that we give so much weight 
to say, especially say on Facebook, uh, somebody's opinion on Facebook. You know, you might post that, you know, this is the greatest hiking shoe in the world. Right. I don't really know you, but because we're friends on Facebook, somehow that gives it a little bit more credibility. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're one step closer versus mm-hmm. just being a complete stranger. Like right. Having a real face, mm-hmm. even if we're not friends, but we're in the same mm-hmm. Facebook group. Right. Just having a real face mm-hmm. versus a company logo mm-hmm. is really helpful. So, right. you know, that's where those personal profiles mm-hmm. can be so beneficial mm-hmm. Right. People, are, people are a lot more willing to connect with me on LinkedIn mm-hmm. versus follow my company page mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Right. Well, just, and the people who set up their LinkedIn personal profile using either A, their company logo, or B, their company name, yeah. I, I don't connect with them at all. I don't either. No, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't either. And yeah, it's, it, it's amazing how much power you can get mm-hmm. when you start to embrace that personal face-to-face mm-hmm. interaction. Right. You know, and, but it's, it is scary because people are saying, well, you know, I don't want to tell people about that. Well, obviously it's only what you feel comfortable doing. Um, You know, and, and I mean, families are probably one of the the biggest things that, that I always caution people about Mm -hmm. is giving too much information about your children. Um, You know, and, and so, you know, I have a, a lot of friends who have kids who have grandkids who they might never even refer to them by name. Or it might just be an initial, you know, or, or things like that. And, and, and I mean, that's kind of the sad, creepy thing is that, you know, there, there are the weird, creepy people in the world. And, and so you have to be careful about that. But we also don't need to know every single thing. Um, you know, I, I don't need to know what you had for lunch today unless it was something spectacular. Um, I did a post yesterday, and I was telling you, you know, a little bit about this right before we started the program. Got my hair cut. Yes. And, you know, and, and had, I actually had several inches cut off, which is kind of funny, you know, because my hair and, but anyhow, so I did a post, you know, and so this was very self-serving post and I did a before, after and a picture and a, and a, a before picture and an after picture. It's got like 200 people who have commented <laughs> and you know, all positive. My husband was the only one who went, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everybody else all positive. But I also posted a link to the, the wonderful woman who did the cut, um, you know, and gave her a recommendation at the same time. Now, you know, most people are not going to be able to go to her because of where she is, but it wasn't an entirely self-serving post. Exactly. Um, but it did feel a little bit weird when pretty soon I had, um, I thought I muted that, my apologies, um, when I thought I had... 200 or when, when there's like 200 people who I like your haircut. Uh huh. Okay. It, it did my ego good, but at the same point it's like, okay, this is kind of silly. Um, you know, and, and, but yeah, sharing some of those personal things really is okay. Going overboard about it is, is the problem. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it, it helps connect people with some of the, some of the values that you hold mm-hmm. dear. Right. So, you know, for example, my husband and I, we've been, refinishing or redoing this house that we bought five years Mm -hmm. ago Mm -hmm. and when we bought it it was it was pretty rough it had Um, bats you had bats see i read your book you had bats (laughs) we had bats in our house like in our house Mm -hmm. um baby bats Mm -hmm. we think um and so we we couldn't really do much about it uh we had to like space it out but yeah this place was rough and Mm -hmm. it's been a true adventure Mm -hmm. and i know that it's it's one that a lot of people either they wish they could live out in the country or they mm-hmm. wish they could live in a log house. Right. So we live vicariously through you. They live vicariously through us. Mm-hmm. So they see all these projects and some of them are just, you know, us with gas masks on and mm-hmm. our hair's all dusty and I look, I have no makeup on, no mm-hmm. nothing. And it's not Instagram worthy by any means. But by posting some of those pictures, it shows people, hey, Valerie's willing to, mm-hmm. you know, get in the, in the trenches, right. willing to do the hard work, mm-hmm. you know. And so it sends these subconscious signals mm-hmm. to people that, hey, she does this for her house, but she also does this in her job. Right. You know, and so I think it's important, like, if you do care about family in the community, mm-hmm. you should be showing those pictures. Right. With your family. Mm-hmm. You can decide how personal you want to get with them and how mm-hmm. often you want to share them. But realize that a lot of the stuff that, that, happens in your personal life mm-hmm. does have some effect mm-hmm. on what people are perceiving about you in right. the professional realm. Right. Well, and then sometimes it makes an immediate connection 
whether it's, hey, we go to the same church or, you know, same denomination. Um, you know, I, I, you know, joke about the fact that I post a lot about the University of Colorado. Um, and, and so I have had some people who have said, you know what, we are, you know, from X school, we don't like University of Colorado, so we're not going to deal with you. Again, yeah. kind of that's the repel factor. Um, but I've had other people who, who have very specifically said, I'm a CU alumni. I want to work with other CU alumni. Exactly. So, you know, and, and or reading the same books, all of those various things. So that's where it is so important to put in those little personal touches. Personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the same thing, not just on fun platforms like Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram, but on LinkedIn too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've got a little bit of personal stuff on LinkedIn. I've got a little bit of personal stuff on LinkedIn, um, you know, because it, it is, it's where we connect. Uh, I did, I looked on yours specifically yeah. to see where you went to school because knowing that, that you lived in Colorado, I'm like, oh, right. you're not a oh, CU person, yeah. but you weren't, you weren't your university of Nebraska. So then oh, I was okay. Yeah, so I'm good there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. But, but cool. yeah, you can find all sorts of, I mean, that's where social media is a really pow- big powerhouse. Mm-hmm. You can really find out little tidbits mm-hmm. of information about people that when you then see them in person, mm-hmm. you can take that relationship mm-hmm. deeper right. than, you know, just starting mm-hmm. from a blank slate. Right. Well, and we tell people to do that when you're meeting with them in person, you know, like say doing a job interview and you're, yeah. you, you see that they've got a picture of their kid playing softball, then you mention it, you know, and, and things like that. And I always tell people now, if you saw it on social media, tell them, Hey, I saw on your Facebook page just so they, they don't think you're a stalker. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great way to be able to, to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. It's all about connection, right? Mm-hmm. That's what right. social media was mm-hmm. built for in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's important as marketers to remember that that's, that's right. ultimately what it's about. Mm-hmm. Even right. today with all mm-hmm. of the, the algorithm changes and mm-hmm. the changes in different trends, it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's, it, it is one of the, the important things to remember is it's not just the only platform you should be using, though. I mean, you know, I have people who say, well, I don't have a website because I have a Facebook page. Okay, well, Facebook owns that. So, you know, no, 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 no. Um, and so it is, it's just, it needs to be something that ties in. And that is part of, of what you do. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so when I first started, I really was focused on the social media mm-hmm. kind of graphics end of things. But as you start realizing, you know, hey, we need to position ourselves as authority figures, Mm -hmm. you realize that brand really needs to have some original content. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, my consulting and my my, um, kind of done for you services have evolved into offering blogging, video blogging, graphics, all of these things where we're actually creating some of the content for you Mm -hmm. to position you as the expert and the authority that someone should think of in Mm -hmm. your industry. And then helping you broadcast that on your different social media platforms in a way that's strategic. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's just consulting. Sometimes it's done for you. Right. But um, that's kind of the gist of it. And so honestly, a better term for it over the over time, I've learned, is content marketing. Mm-hmm. Because we're really using content right. to position a brand mm-hmm. in a strategic way. Right. But not a, a lot of variety of places and platforms. They, they understand social media. They understand the word blogging. They understand websites. They don't understand that, honestly, all of them work together. And that's what right. we do with clients is help yeah. them all work together. Yeah. You know, and, and if you've got a direct mail campaign, it needs to have the same information that is on your website, that you're posting on Facebook, that you talked about in your e-newsletter. Um, exactly. You know, and it, is, it, it, it all does have to tie together. Yeah. It all should sound like it's coming from the same place. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, oh my gosh, Valerie, we could, we could just continue with this forever. And I love talking about this, obviously. Um, so tell us how people find you and connect with you online. Yeah. So if you want to follow me professionally, um, search for Valerie Morris over on LinkedIn, on, on Facebook, different places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also search for Tintero Creative. And if you want to learn more about what we're doing on our farm and stuff with our goats, you can follow me at Simple Life Vibes over on Instagram, online, different platforms. We're, mm-hmm. we're over there on Simple Life Vibes. And if you're interested in finding my book, it's available on Amazon. We're all ears, bestseller book. And I uh, had a lot of fun putting that together and hope it can be a great resource for you. Perfect. You know, and I loved reading it because there were so many things in there that you know, it was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, yep, not, oh, yeah. And, you know, people say, well, you know, isn't that what you do? Well, it is, but 
it's always good to get reminders and different strategies. I mean, because we all do it very differently. And so it, it really was a great book. I enjoyed reading it. Thank you so much. Great. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left, Valerie. So are there any words of wisdom you'd like to leave everyone with? You know, I think the one piece of advice um, that I would give anyone that's listening, regardless of if you're focusing on social media or you're going after that next, uh, you know, the next higher job in your industry and you're working for someone else, or you're just maybe a stay-at-home mom and you're just Mm -hmm. not sure what the next step is, I would just encourage you to start doing that thing. Just put yourself out there. Um, I know it's a very scary thing to put your, your brand, your expertise, uh, you know, who you are out there to the world, but start sharing that knowledge with people. Mm-hmm. That's honestly a huge part of how my business started getting momentum was just sharing about it. Just sharing about some of these things that uh, I was doing for other people, sharing things that I found passionate. And um, it started just sending, you know, these little clues to people mm-hmm. that this is what I did. This is what I know how to do. And you could hire me to do it. And so it's scary. You got to dip your toes a little bit at first sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I would just encourage you to get out there, go do that next scary thing that you've been thinking about, but not quite sure, you know, am I ready to go do it? You, you are you have permission today to just go take that next big step. Perfect. And, and it's never going to happen if you don't start. Exactly. So you've got to take that first step. Well, I have been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Valerie Morris of Tintero Creative. I am Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.